Hello, welcome to another episode of A Sermon and His People. Yeah, we'll call it that. What, 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 what is your preference? Uh, I mean, I don't even know. Uh, the word? Sermon, sermon, the sermon, sermon Review. The sermon Review. Park Baptist Church Sermon Review. Yeah. Take 12. <laughs> We're still working on the We're going to send the poll out for the new year for yes. the church. We yes. can vote on our you know, podcasts for the millions of viewers out there. Thousands and tens, <laughs> millions listening worldwide. Millions worldwide. Um, we have asked Pastor Dave here, and we are. <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe? Just think about that. With Pastor, uh, ask Pastor John. Mm-hmm. They probably just started that. Hey, let's just start. Of course, they had Desiring God, and you know, right. kind of stuff. But how many podcasts have they have put out? And even some of my sermon notes from Sunday was asked from an Ask Pastor John podcast from like wow. five, six years ago. So yeah, just you, just you just never know what the Lord's going to do with these podcasts. We pray they're fruitful. So. Right. Uh, so we're in Romans chapter 3. We're finishing the section off at 19 and 20. Mm-hmm. Uh, the scripture says, Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. Uh, what do you think the main point of these verses are? I really think the main points of these two verses is really just a summary statement over the last um, two chapters. Okay. Okay. So, you know, now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those under the law. So it's really speaking to the Jews, right? And I think the, the, the all the scripture verses that Paul quotes above um, really outlines that you Jews are no better off, right? Because the very next thing he says, there's no distinction, right, right. between Jew and Gentile. So I think that he's, he's kind of making his case, Jews... You're not better off than the Gentiles. Right. You are sinners. Okay. So right. I think that, that that's kind of the, the thrust to this whole this whole uh, two chapters. Um, therefore, everyone is going to be answered to God because of Jew and Gentile. Jew and Gentile, based on their works. Okay. Right. So awesome. Uh, so you had two verses, right? You're not usually preaching just two verses. Usually. Nope. Was there anything that you weren't able to get to, even though? Because, you know, but I feel like it's a lot of compact verses. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think there was anything I would have probably added there, okay. just because I think that when you read the two verses, I think they're pretty clear. Okay. You know, I, I don't think like there's sometimes you read the scriptures, and there's verses like next week's paragraph is okay. going to be a little bit harder to to maybe unpack. Mm-hmm. But this, I think, it's pretty clear. Hey, everyone's going to be judged. Mm. There's no argument that anyone can make. Their mouths are going to be stopped. The whole world's going to be held accountable. Right. You know. No one can be justified by the works of the law. Right. Because when you look at the law, you become aware of your sin. Right. And you have no argument because you're a sinner. I think that's pretty clear. So I didn't think, <laughs> you know, and because we've we've talked about this last week, um, you know, in you know, the first section of Romans nine, that there's right. no one righteous, no not one. And the, the time before that, like are we Jews any better off? Mm-hmm. You know, and then the, even the time before that, you know, you actually the, you actually are you say this, but you actually do this, you know, in, in the section, second, second half of Romans 2. Um, you know, you have Romans, end of Romans 1, unpacking the, how the society's given over. So I think it's been building, building, building. This is just more of like a, a punctuation. Yeah. Hey, this is the final thing that you need to know. No one is justified by the works of the law, right. period. So, yeah, so I wouldn't think that I would need to add anything here um, okay. that I wasn't able to get across right. in the sermon. So, yeah, it, it wasn't necessarily a lot of uh, explanation, maybe much heavier on application for the church? A lot heavier on application this week. Okay. So, so maybe go through some of those applications. Yeah, so I think p- part of the design for me was, okay, um, I'm thinking 
we have been in the the judgment of God against sin mm-hmm. for two months, you know. So, three sermons in end of Romans one, uh, mm-hmm. two in Romans two, uh, and then you know then we've had two more in Romans two. So this has been a lot of sermons on the same idea, right. and I think that sometimes when uh, Christians hear this doctrine, they want to amen that doctrine mm-hmm. and they say, yes, we're all sinners, we're all gonna be held accountable to God. But sometimes it's harder to maybe make that application to your own heart. Mm-hmm. So for this, I thought it was going to be better for our church for me to start unpacking. Okay, I know you believe this mm-hmm. intellectually, but functionally, does that actually do you actually do you actually believe it? Yeah. And just try to help them see or what ways that you maybe not don't believe this as much as you think you believe this. Maybe give a quick rundown right now of things that come to your mind that you see you functionally may not be believing this. Uh, yeah, so, you know, obviously this, the, the whole uh, sub-points of that mm-hmm. last section, you know, um, you know, I would say when you suffer, for example, um, when you think God owes you. Mm-hmm. So, hey, you get that cancer diagnosis, you lose your job, mm-hmm. you know, the, your girlfriend breaks up with you, you know, X, Y, and Z, you, you, you name whatever it is. Right. And you're like, God, why did you do that to me? Right. I have been... Like coming yeah. to church every week, I've been giving my money, I've been doing the, all these things mm-hmm. for you. Why didn't you give me what I want? That's good. So I think when you, when you the application is is you're actually thinking that you're going to be justified before God by your works. Mm-hmm. Then you know intellectually you're not going to be justified before God by your works because you know you're, you're a sinner. Right. But functionally, you're saying, oh, I'm doing these things, therefore God should give me what I want when I need it. Mm-hmm. And if He doesn't, you get angry and bitter. So right. that's kind of like the the test really is. Functionally, you're not living like a Christian, living in grace. You're actually living like a legalist or a moralist. Right. I do good things, and therefore I should be rewarded for the good things that I do. Yeah. Um, which I think is, is harder for us to maybe to, to admit sometimes right. and even see that. So even me saying that, some people are like, oh, I never realized that when I respond this way, right. when I don't get what I want, when I'm suffering... I'm actually not living as a Christian right. in grace. I've actually forgotten that I have been saved out of the depths of my sin. Right. And I'm actually living more like a moralist, mm-hmm. thinking that God owes me for, you know. And I, part of this was even part of my thinking. So when you're preparing sermons, what the conversations you have throughout the week, mm-hmm. I've always viewed as God sovereignly has ordained those conversations for me. So okay. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm not like the... I work really hard. I'm, I'm fairly intellectual, um, but I'm not the, always the sharpest tool in the shed. I'm just like, what? Okay. A, get, show me the cookies on the bottom shelf. So, like, if I'm interacting throughout the week and the thing, the Lord, I have a conversation, it just kind of hits me differently. That's probably going to work its way into the sermon. Okay. Um, so, you know, we during our pastoral residency, we had Pastor Keith uh, kind of come up and mm-hmm. uh, share his story and just sharing the story about his his daughters being mm-hmm. sick. Um, and you know, he was just sharing like, listen, I his daughter was sick and she was having kind of a slow agonizing death and mm-hmm. um, over over a number of months and he said he had it out with the Lord and you know was angry with the Lord bitter towards the Lord because of what happened and you know and his what he heard from the Lord is you think that I owe you mm-hmm. so in that moment he was saying I, I do I'm doing all these things for God and things are still happening terribly in my family to my to my daughter right. And in his mind, he was thinking that God owed him. Mm-hmm. And it was that was the moment that he realized, oh, I need to plant my flag on Romans 8, 28, that God works all things, mm-hmm. all things for the good of those who love him and called according to his purpose. Mm-hmm. Not that all things are good, but God works all things for good. Right. So I think that idea 
right? Is yeah. how do we not live like a, a moralist or a legalist? So that was one. I think the other example I would do is more of a, is, is how you're treating people, mm-hmm. how, if you're treating people with love or not, you yeah. know? So I think if you're not treating people with love, you have forgotten grace. Mm-hmm. You know that great passage in Romans 7, right? You know, I mentioned it, the woman of the city washed Jesus' feet. And they're like, you would never, if you know what woman, um, this is Luke, I believe. If you know what woman this is, who is touching your feet, you wouldn't want to touch you. And he's like, well, let me tell you the story. And he kind of shares a story about someone who's forgiven a little debt versus someone who's forgiven a lot of debt. And which one, you know, is, is well, the one who has been forgiven more right. loves more. So he who has been forgiven much loves much. And I think that when we tend to start looking down upon other people, mm-hmm. um, we're actually moving away from grace and we're kind of moving more into that moralism. We're starting to, to trust more our works and not looking at people with grace. Right. And it, I mean, I see this in my own heart a lot, you know, like yeah. when I see people not working hard, uh, not following through on things, there's a part of me that wants to look down upon them. Like, why didn't you not do this? Mm-hmm. Right. And when I, when I do that and I treat that person with contempt or condensation or sarcasm or passive-aggressive comments, mm-hmm. what I'm really doing is I'm moving away from grace. And I'm not treating them as, a, as God has treated me. Mm-hmm. I'm looking down upon them. I'm kind of elevating myself, thinking that I am better than they are because mm-hmm. I have done these things and you haven't. Mm-hmm. That's legalism, yeah. right? It's, like, it's, it's not like legalism. I'm not trusting it for my salvation. It's seedbeds of me thinking that I'm better than other people, which is legalism. Right. You know, does that make sense? What yeah, I'm trying no, to say? No, that's good. I mean, it's, 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 I think you mentioned a couple of times, out of the, you know, out of the mouth, the heart speaks, right? So there's little things. I think that's true. Like you were saying, like, I can see it in my own heart. I mean, every time you're, I feel like you prepare to preach and you're in the text, that's usually what happens. The word does. It, it you know, divides joint and marrow, um, soul and spirit. So there's something that, Okay, we see how it's happening. And that's really, as a preacher, that's what you're hoping that the Spirit's doing in the congregation yeah. as well because it's not going to look the same for everyone. You know, we, we know ourselves very well of like, okay, what are ways that we're trusting in our works? And you're, you're doing a really good job of giving really broad, okay, here are some categories for it. But really the work that is on all of us is when we hear the word preached is to really take that concept, go home, yeah. analyze our hearts, analyze our lives, and I think you said this in the past, right? If you're going to, okay, do you believe, you know, you're justified by faith and not by works of the law? Okay, I think some of the best way to do it is, you said this in the past, right? You don't study all the counterfeits if you want to spend yeah. money. You study the the real one. And so yeah. then you can see it. And what you're showing is like, okay, the real one doesn't do this. The real one doesn't do this. The real yeah, one doesn't do this. And so when you see something, so when you suffer, how do you respond? If you don't respond in a God-honoring way, a biblical way, well, there's something there, and you need to you know, pull on that thread to get to the root of it. What are you trusting in that's not the personal work, you know, the, the, the personal work of Jesus Christ? So, yeah, yeah. That's I mean, even like you mentioned this in in your sermon on Romans, you know, one sixteen and seventeen, mm-hmm. kind of like personal confession. You know, times when you might fall into that performance trap or. You know, know that you're justified by faith, mm-hmm. but may not actually be living it. Right. right. I think that's what we all, all of us are, do. Right. We kind of go back in this trying to justify ourselves. Oh yeah. You know, and I think that sometimes we, we don't want to admit that it's there. Yeah. Uh, you know, we kind of want to push push it aside. Right. Listen, I, I preach this message, and if I just left that, hey, this is what the text means. Most right. people, are like, oh yeah, I believe that. Yes. I agree with you, but then I start pressing in and saying, do you? 
actually believe it. Right. And based on what, like this is like you, you have your stated theology, but right. then you have your actual practice. That's your actual theology. Yeah. So your actual theology, oh, actually, I don't believe it as much as I thought that I did. Right. Because I'm actually treating people as a moralist legalist, right. not as someone who's been transformed by grace. Yeah, there's a repetition in Matthew chapter 7, right? It's not just those who hear the word. It's those who hear the word and do them are building their house on the rock. Yeah. He always tries, you know, Jesus is always trying to draw this to, he is separating, he said, those who hear and then those who hear and do. And so there's something of all doctrine is practical. It's going to affect yeah. how you live your life. And so that's really important, right? Of Which, once again, if, we, if you show up to church to to watch, right? You're going to leave wanting, right? You're, we are active participants in the sermon yeah. and in the service. We're doing heart work. We're worshiping. We're, we're trying to work with the Spirit to expose sin in life, to... to Show us, you know, bring about conviction and repentance. And if we sh- sit down and like just let it happen to me, it's like, no, we're we should be active, our mind should be working, we should be jotting, we should be having conversations because that is really difficult. You know, as a pastor, you can only do so much there. Like, you can study your own life, your own heart, things you've seen, the text, but ultimately, when you go to preach it, there is that you, the, the what you believe and what you're actually living. Yeah. We don't know what's going on in yeah. your everyday life and how you're actually because there's so many different ways you yeah. could be not believing this as well. It's it really is on us to take that and be like, how am I not living what I actually claim to believe? Yeah, yeah. yeah so I think that one of the reasons why I've always called preaching pastoral preaching is yeah. because I'm a pastor living among my people mm. and, and interacting with my people. I'm trying to say, okay, what are some things that people within a our body are dealing mm-hmm. with how can I apply it to them yeah. I'd be curious for you you know I'm uh, I was trying to think about this idea of how do I apply um, this to our congregation mm-hmm. and I said you know one of my fears is is that we will be a church of full of sound doctrine theological legalists right. right you know and you know we've I've been big fans of T4G and you probably yeah. remember one of the workshops that T4G did you know someone taught on that Luke 18 and you know, um, I thank God that I'm not like right. this sinner. Right. And then he kind of gives his laundry list. You know? Yes. Uh, and I gave that analogy in the sermon. Yeah. You know, Which are we going to say thank God that we're not, you know, we have sound preaching, that we have explosive right. teaching, that we have all the doing all these things for the Lord, that we're not like other churches. Yeah. Right. Rather than saying everything that we have, we've received as a gift from the Lord. Right. right? And we should act in grace there. Yeah, I think it was a. Did Jesus preach Paul's gospel? I think it was the, the subtle title of that talk. It yeah. was, but Jesus preaching justification by faith. That wasn't a Paul lean concept. Jesus taught that in that parable, because yeah, in that talk, Lyman Piper, I think, or someone was saying, the prayer is actually not doesn't sound bad in the sense, right? You, when you get to the heart of it, and you see the end, you're like, oh, that's a bad prayer. To thank God you're not a sinner in certain aspects, yeah. it's not bad. Yeah. Like, thank God I'm not an adulterer. Thank God I'm not a murderer. That's a good prayer. Yeah. Yeah. And he's giving the appropriate, you know, he understands where the where his righteousness does come from in that sense of, right, I am not this because of God, therefore I give thanks. The issue has become that that is no longer fruit on the tree, his works. It's, a, it's the root of the tree is now his works. And that's where the issue yeah. is. You're not... The work isn't God forgiving him a sinner. Christ died and rose again. Okay, I'm good. Therefore, I'm not a murderer, I'm not an adulterer. No, he's saying, I'm good. 
because I'm not a murderer. I'm not an adulterer. Yeah. I'm not so that, that that tagline at the end, Jesus yeah. says that only one went down, went went, ju- went away, went home justified. Yeah. So we're thinking about this in Romans, right? Right. That like, if you misunderstand this, right, you will not be justified by God. Right. So if you trust ultimately in your works, yes, you will not be justified before the Lord. Which is the issue with the with the Galatians when he writes the letter of Galatians, yeah. and this is why Paul is so harsh with this. Right? Yeah. He said, "It's eternal matters that are at stake. You will not be justified." You will go to hell. Yeah. You will not be in heaven if you think your works justify you. So this is this is a big thing for a pastor, right? Yes. Because you want to believe people at their word. Yes. But sometimes you're like, I'm just not so sure, right? Based on your your fruit. Yeah. It seems like so this is what I was trying to do with that mm-hmm. all that those steps. Like here's our symptoms that mm-hmm. may show you that you're actually moving away from grace right. and trusting more in your works for your salvation, yeah. right? If Jesus says, wide is the road to lead to destruction, many find it. Mm-hmm. Narrow is the way of life and few find it. Yeah. We got to be very careful that we're on that narrow way. Right. Um, and I, there's this great story about John Flavel. So this guy uh, tries to take his own life um, on the boat and they, he, he, was, he survived. So they, they brought him to the dock and they get Flavel and said, hey, you need to give him last rites, you know, mm-hmm. be, help him make sure that he's saved before he dies. Uh, Flavel binds his wounds, preaches the gospel to him. Uh, the man says, "Yes, I believe in Jesus." And Flavel's like, "I just don't think you do." <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. you wouldn't have just done this if you thought if you really believed that Jesus was your right. Lord and Savior. Um, by God's grace, the man survived the night, came back the next day, and came back, keep on coming, kept on coming back. Well, the guy eventually does truly turned from his sin and trust in Christ right. and became a good friend to Flavel until he, until he died. Yeah. Um, but I just, I've always been remarked by that. Like Flavel, this guy's nearing moral death and, yeah. the, and thinking all he needs, he wants to do is give this guy assurance before he dies. Right. But he wouldn't give it to him. I don't believe you. I, yeah. I, I don't believe you. So I just think like that's a hard word to say. Yes. And, and I'm saying we should you know follow that, that, that same example. But I am thinking that like our job as pastors is to help you see, do you really believe right. what the Bible actually says? Yes. You can say that you believe it, yes. But do you actually believe it by your life? Right. You know, was, I, was, you know I was preaching this, yeah. you know, the sermon on the mount. A tree, you judge a tree by its fruit, right? And like you have to actually judge, judge the fruit. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what I was. This part That's of why he yeah. starts chapter seven the way he does. With, yeah. You know, don't throw your pearls before like this judge. Judgment is literally what's about to come for the next of the chapter. So he's kind of set it up well. You know, take the plank out. You know, if you have, you yeah. know, speck. Get a speck out of your brother's eye because what he's about to do is you have to judge your walking life yeah. in the rest of seven. Test yeah. and see if you're in the faith. Yeah. Right. So you have to test and see. Like, okay, is my fruit, mm-hmm. am I, so this is what I was trying to get at. Like, I've seen this myself. Like, hey, I, the people that I'm discipling, the fruit mm-hmm. of my ministry, oh, wow, it's producing this. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's a reflection of me. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm seeing this in my kids. Maybe that's a reflection of me. Right. Rather than saying, what's wrong with you people? Yeah. Right. I think that we have to, like, say, okay, maybe I own more of this than I want to admit. Yeah, I think that's always like I think hard conversations we have among pastors is if we see not just something in one person, but we can see an underlining thing, especially is it my kids, you know, my people, plural, like right. There is a something you have to sit back and say, what am I teaching? How am I teaching? How am I communicating things? Because it very well could be what I'm feeding them is yeah. outcome of what they're... I, I think this, it's a good it's a good word. It's not necessarily what am I teaching with my actual words, mm-hmm. but what are my life, mm-hmm. what is the tone in which I'm speaking, what am I yeah. emphasizing, what is that driving home? Mm-hmm. And I think that we just have to be honest. Like maybe mm-hmm. 
I really desire to have my kids love grace. Yeah. But because I'm so desiring their discipline in the Lord, right. I'm actually producing little legalists mm, by saying, okay. if you do all these things, things will go well for you. Right. And my approval and my love for you is contingent right. on you doing these things. Which, once again, it's not you're not trying to cover it up, make things look better. You want the genuineness, right? Because yeah. whether we want to, we can't cover it up for long. Like Your kids see you all the time. So where you smile, what you laugh at, what you are celebrate, what you mourn over, you, you could try your best, but you know, they're going to see when you're genuinely happy over something, when you're genuinely upset about something, right? I mean, and that's where, like, for example, right, when, after the members meeting yesterday, we talked about our budgets, like that. that's what I'm thinking about. It's not just how it went, but what were people's heart you know it shows itself of like what's important to them what's not important to them what what do they rejoice in what do they mourn over yeah. like what do you is indicating what do they think is important because the budget we talked about the pastors is we're trying to cast a vision for the church yeah. not just like let's make sure our finances is in order we're trying to say we feel like this is where the lord is leading us yeah. as a church and we will make sure as a church isn't a few people we make sure the church is the church. Yeah, and it's yeah, like, are absolutely. we all going to rejoice in the things we feel like the Lord is leading us and we want to be on the same page and we want to be one mind. And so, um, yeah, it's just things like that. You're always watching it, like not just what is said, but how it's said, the heart. And, uh, you know, if people are passionate about things, like man, I was talking to someone about the American, like they were like, man, isn't it good to see people caring about things? Yeah. So much of the world, you see people disinterested. Yeah, so isn't it interesting? So you can look at that meeting and say, man, that was really stressful. And it got a little tense at points. Well, I mean, you're the one I'll say. Yeah. So you're the one to feel yeah. that. Yeah. Or, or, or you could say. I was in the back thinking. Yeah. 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 <laughs> or, or you could flip it and say, wow, is look at the, the care and the love for the body of Christ. So it really mm-hmm. comes down to perspective. So yeah. if I'm up there. And, you know, and I even ask you guys to pray for me. Hey, mm-hmm. make sure that I hear questions in love right. and, and charitable in how I hear them. Right. You know, so I, that's, what I, that's what I was my prayer. And by God's grace, I hope I, I, I did that during, yeah. during the meeting. Um, you know, but that's, I could, I could have that attitude or I could say, like, why are you questioning me? Mm-hmm. Well, that's, 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 a, that's a heart that's, that's, that's more of a moralistic, legalistic right. heart, right? right? And like, I did all this stuff. Why don't you just accept what I, what I put forward? Right. Rather than feeling like I can be questioned in any way. Right. right? Like I'm a sinner just like anybody else. Yeah. So anyway, I, th- I think that this is just kind of, as we kind of think about yeah. this, <laughs> the roundabout, the, the roundabout from, from the text, I think yeah. that, you know, there's sometimes you read the Bible and the Bible's very clear. Mm-hmm. No one will be justified by the works of the law. Right. Period. Mm-hmm. Full stop. So like, I think yeah. that's a pretty clear summation of sin. Yes. Your good works will not save you. Okay. Yes. Now, what does that mean? How am I living? How do I? How am I? Right. How do I hold to those things? Well, that's a, that's a little, a little different, and I think that's it's we easily, and I mean I've heard as, as preaching. I think John Flavel would say this. He'd say this often in his writing that it's easier for us to uh, preach against the sins of others than to mortify, mortify one f- sin of our own. Right. Right. And it's just, we have to really analyze and do the hard work of our own heart. Right. And I think it's, it's the, the danger of preaching, of, of listening to a preaching mm-hmm. is now you're going to be judged by what you just heard. Yeah. So now are, are you going to actually make applications to your own life? Right. Um, someone came up to me afterwards and said, man, you really tried to offend everybody today. <laughs> <laughs> Praise thank God. You, thank, you, thank, you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because so, when um, all in the Greek means all. So yeah, that's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I think 
just want to commend you because, you know, Grant preached 9 through 18, and you could say, right, 9 through 20 is one section. And you took the time to pause for a week and go over two verses just to caption, like you said, we've been going over a couple of months. Yeah. And knowing that the next verses are like... So good. Like some say like the greatest paragraph in the Bible. Like yeah. some people say <laughs> And you're like, you know what? Let me pause because it's important. This, it, this is also the word of God. And the next verses won't be as sweet unless the text is before, text before it. You understand we're all guilty before God. Yeah. But, but the sweet part is all therefore can be justified. Amen. And that's... Because then it's like, yeah, if you do this... If you put your faith in your works, you're going to hell. But if you do put your faith in Jesus, you get to be with him forever. Forever and ever and ever. Oh, that's amazing. Amen. That's Amen. good. Uh, Pastor, would you mind praying us out? Yeah. Father, we do thank you that you have shown us clearly in your word that no one will be justified by the works of the law. We pray that we would not be those people. We pray that we would know that our justification is in Christ and in Christ alone. Give us wisdom on how we flesh that out in our own lives, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.